Welcome back to this week's edition of the Omni Talk Fast Five. It is April 3rd, 2020. We've got the full crew in house again here on Zoom. We've got Ann Mazinga. Say hi, Ann. Hi. This will be good practice for the muting in Zoom. Sure. Emma, the intern. Hello. And of course, Carter Jensen. I feel like we're always a little bit more available when we're all uh, stuck inside our house. You can just text us whenever and say, we're doing the Fast Five right now, and it's great. So you'll never miss any one of us because we're all just in the exact same location you saw us last week. Always the same, never changing, kind of like the circle of life right now. Carter, can we see the the uh, the Peloton in the background there? Very nice. Yeah, very and, nice. The, and the guest bed that needs to just move out of this office. I, I've been <laughs> trying to convince the family that we don't need this bed up here anymore. It would not. It'd look a lot more professional if we got rid of it. For sure. I noticed you have the full-on Patagonia uh, uh, fleece jumper, as some would call it, too, this week, too. So yeah, you got very the millennial. Peloton, the Patagonia. Very millennial. Yeah, That's very good. millennial. I have my DTC toilet paper scheduled uh, <laughs> to arrive later today as well. Um, you know, it's I, just all about convenience now. I got an email from Neighborhood Watch today that there's a heck of a lot of toilet paper at the local grocery store. It was pretty funny. But, uh, Perfect. But, I know what I'm doing been, this afternoon. <laughs> oh, good God. Too many jokes. So what's been the biggest, what's, been, what's the week been like since we last talked to each other for, for the loyal listeners out there? What's been the biggest surprise for all y'all? I might as well just keep going. Like I'm on a, I'm on a roll here. Uh, how much I enjoy actually going outside for a walk. I feel like now I can hmm. channel the inner energy of my dog every time that leash comes out. Cause I'm like, this this is amazing. So yeah, that's mine. What about you, Ann? How much I've yelled at my children in the last seven days, probably. Um, yeah, it's like totally, I don't know. I just, the world is so messed up right now. On one hand, like Carter said, it's so beautiful. And it's like, I think I texted you this last week, Chris, but it's because I was running through both of our neighborhoods and I was like, I feel like there's some sort of like, Pleasantville weird alternative universe because parents are actually in the yards playing with their kids and like right are smiling and waving at each other. It's just like some weird alternate universe, but it's also really great and hopefully will be a sign of, of what's to come and people valuing and appreciating people. But then I go home inside my house and I scream at my children. <laughs> right. Right. And then we just want to get out. What, what about you, Emma, the intern? What's, what's life like this? What's life been like this past week in New Jersey? <laughs> well, my life is so boring that I think the most surprising thing was that I went to the liquor store yesterday, which is the only place I've gone since coming home. And I did nice. not get ID'd. So. Nice. All right. That, that, that's always a big accomplishment for the first time. Yeah. People are probably like, yeah, forget that. I'm not, no one's paying attention to that right now. I would bet. Yeah. yeah. Probably, probably a lot of underage drinking going on. Not that I would ever condone that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> never, never. You know what? The, the biggest surprise for me has been, I didn't know if people do this, but like people are still like going like on jogging things together. Like my wife got this offer to go jogging with somebody like a friend of hers. And like, I have no idea how that possibly works because you have to, you have to jog like X number of feet away from each other. So actually jogging with somebody. Because it's a quiet out. There's not a lot of cars driving by and I've done jogs because when you say this person, I know that you're referencing me because I asked your wife if she wanted an escape from you for the, for an hour. (laughs) 
to go outside and go for a jog across the street from each other, knowing very well that I should maintain a safe distance so that you let her back in the house without quarantining her for 14 days. But uh, yes, lots of people, Chris, go for it's jogs. It's wild to me. It's six, wild. It's six wild. Feet or more. I'm apart. seeing more of Anne, I think, during quarantine than I have ever yes. really. You know, many people might not know. We actually yeah. live pretty close to yes. each other. And we kind of had it. We had, well, it was two days in a row. I was like, lunchtime. I'm coming over every day at lunch. Yeah. We're going to hang out. Chris, don't worry. It was at least 10 feet apart. We were <laughs> in the front yard. It was great. And it was, it was really nice. I loved it. No, that's good. It's good. Yeah, I don't know if people know that other than Emma, who again is in New Jersey, and that's the running joke. She's actually not in New Jersey. She's in New York. But all of us, Carter, Ann, and I all literally live within a quarter mile of each other. It's just totally random um, how that all happened. Uh, We didn't know each other before, and it just turns out that we all live that close to each other. So it's kind of funny that we're all in our house doing this too as a result of that. But all right, enough witty banter and chit chat. I think everyone listening probably wants us to get to the headlines. So let's do that. First, let's give a shout out to our sponsors. Our sponsors are, of course, Trigo. Trigo is developing the most advanced AI and computer vision-based checkout-free system for the grocery industry. Using standard cameras and proprietary algorithms, Trigo converts real-sized stores, introducing a frictionless shopping experience. Together with Tesco, Trigo is piloting the world's largest checkout-free store. To learn more, visit www.trigo.tech. And also Insignia. Insignia is the leader in in in-store and mobile marketing. Insignia is forward-looking and nimble. It pushes the boundaries for others to follow. With a suite of tactics, including signage, merchandising, display, and mobile, Insignia is the right partner to attract new shoppers and grow your business. Insignia, be discovered. All right, guys, I am excited. We've got some cool stories this week. We're going to try to keep it fun, try to keep it as light as possible, but definitely, definitely some serious topics in the mix, too. We've got stories from Walmart, Kroger, uh, GoPuff in the convenience store industry. And of course, there's a lot brewing around the world of Amazon. All right. First off, I can't believe I'm doing this. I might not be feeling well. That's a, hopefully that's a joke, but Walmart, I got to give Walmart a ton of kudos right now, given the environment that we're in three really cool stories from Walmart this week. First now at Walmart, they, in a speed as life fashion have now made it so that you can check out pick up and get your deliveries completely contact free. Essentially, you can use the Walmart pay function in the Walmart app. And instead of having to touch any type of screen inside any of those processes, you can just scan a QR code in the app pay and be on your way. It's the same type of thing we've seen at Target, Starbucks, Chick-fil-A for a number of years. Walmart's getting behind it. Makes a ton of sense, both for their customers and their employees. A couple other great stories on the Walmart front. They also are now waiving all of the rent that their quote-unquote property partners owe them inside of their stores or in relation to their businesses. I give Walmart a ton of credit for that. There's been malls like Taubman that are still insisting that their tenants pay rent. It's nice to see the biggest, one of the biggest, if not the biggest company in the United, well, the biggest company in the United States showing the rest of the world how to behave and act in this time of crisis. And then the other piece real fast, is that they're going after the grocery business. I love it. And they're doing it in a way that saves money for people. If you go to refer.walmart.com, you can get a referral code to send to your friends and they will get $10 off their first grocery order for online delivery. And then you as well will get a $10 credit every time one of your friends places their first order. I'm pumped. Way to go, Walmart. Way to stand up 
and be noticed as a key part of the community during this time in all of our lives. What do you guys think about this one? I have to agree. I mean, I think Walmart's doing a tremendous job of just being nimble and making some changes, making changes swiftly across the board at all of their 4,800 stores across the United States. Um, The bigger question for me here is still, where the hell is Amazon? Like, you are not hearing anything about what's happening. You know, they're just totally out of the picture. And I think that, um, you know, this is really showing everybody where Amazon's weak spots are and where, when it comes down to it, where Walmart and Target and Kroger and some of the other major players in the space um, with physical store locations right now uh, are still going to be able to win. Yeah, decidedly absent. It's a great point. We're going to cover that later too, but you're right. I mean, Amazon is is virtually absent. I mean, the only thing I feel like I saw in the media today was around, or this week was around the strikes. And we're going to cover that later. But Carter, Emma, what do you guys think of this? I mean, you're more, you're more millennial. You're probably less Walmart attached than Ann and I would be, uh, relatively speaking. What's your takes? Carter, let's start with you. Yeah, I, you know, I'm excited to talk about Amazon later too, because I, I'd be curious. I, I think I was gonna I was gonna say there's kind of three companies in my mind that are providing a backbone of comfort to uh, the standard consumer, Walmart, Target, and Amazon. It's the idea that we're still able to get products to our homes within two or three days or even drive down the street to go pick it up at, at the local store. So um, I think that will be interesting to talk about here in our final story. Um, I think little changes like though like you described, Chris, you know, just the contact list, you know, ness of the new pro- or the new features and that kind of stuff. Um, those seem trivial are a really big deal right now. When you're debating whether going out of the house, do you feel comfortable? Do you feel it? Those things can be differentiators between whether I'm going to go to Walmart or go somewhere else. Um, and I think that, you know, we need to be seeing more of this, even though, um, in the scheme of things, it might not be, uh, that, that big. Um, it was interesting, a personal story quick. We went actually to target pickup, a curbside pickup, um, earlier this week for an outing. We had our kind of weekly run. We had to go there. And for some reason, I always get out of the car and help the, the poor target, you know, guy who's out there with his, you know, cart, what? you know, load everything in. I just feel bad. I'm like, you have to make Carter. him like open the back. Like I, so I get out and help, help unload their corporate cart and put it in. I got yelled at by my wife. She's like, sit down. They don't want you out there. Like, you know, she's like, I barely rolled down the window to like crack your phone out so they can scan it. Um, but it's fascinating just to think like I was just maybe oblivious to some of the things. And if I thought, I thought about it more, I'm like, yeah, if I was an employee there right now, I would want everyone just to stay in their car. Let me do my job and go back and, and follow kind of some of the new guidelines they're having. So I think all these companies are thinking about what are the little things they can do to help alleviate anxieties and help be safer as they're seeing hundreds and hundreds of customers every single day. Well, Walmart's even moved away too from having any sort of scan like Target's talking about too. I mean, they've just said, you know, we don't care about signing off for deliveries, like just take it, we'll deal with any like back repercussions from not having you actually be there physically or scanning something or touching human to human, like they'll they'll take care of it. So yeah. yeah and I car you you guys both made me think about something too. I just I saw this uh study like literally five minutes before we came on air and uh, I hope I don't misquote it, but it came to me by way of Fabric, the micro-fulfillment company. And even though all this is happening, the crazy thing that I think makes Carter, your point, even that more imp- much more important, they estimate that only 9%, the e-groceries still are only 9% penetrated in the market in, this, in these initial few weeks. Like, that's crazy. That means that many people are still, like, actively going into store to do what they need to do. And so, yeah, you're right. These little things make a ton of difference. Emma, anything to add on this? 
I would definitely say like, I just love the contactless paying because out here there is no pick up your groceries. Like even in the store, you have to go into these stores, the local grocery stores to go get your food and the things you need to live for the week. And it would be really nice if smaller grocery stores, things, Walmart's like 25 minutes away. And even then I just, the demographic out in down New York really has any idea that these services even exist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. There's so many infrastructural challenges there too, just in terms of where the stores are, the layout of the stores, the parking lot, how densely packed everything is. Yeah. That's a great point. Good to get that, that perspective. All right. Let's keep going on this thread because I think there's some interesting angles here. And you want to hit story number two? Yeah, let's do it. So another store is changing their format in the grocery space, and that is Kroger. Kroger is debuting a pickup-only store in the Mount Carmel neighborhood of Cincinnati. And this is going to be uh, Kroger's first-ever pickup-only location. So customers in this area, they can select that particular Kroger store as their preferred pickup location um, by ordering online or through the Kroger app. And then they can go anytime, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. to uh, pick up their groceries at this location. This particular location is cutting off all in-store shopping. So it's just it's basically turning into a 100% fulfillment center um, model. And um, so associates are only focused on picking up those orders and then restocking. Uh, the pharmacy, however, will remain open, which is the key mm. thing to um, keep in mind there. Um, but yeah, Kroger going all pickup for this one, which I think is really interesting, especially coming off of our conversation with uh, Jeremy Niren yesterday. We did a third house um, members only um, meeting and he he works with a company called Grocer Key. And he was talking about, you know, for for grocers, especially um, to be able to roll something out like this or kind of just change the model as quickly as possible so that they can focus on this kind of fulfillment ordering only is a really great way for them to not only capture a basket that they may not have before by providing this option, but it really allows them to provide the same environment um, or a safe environment for their, their customers and for their employees, which is a really big part of this too, which we'll get into down the road. Yeah, that was a huge comment from him. That was kind of like the mic drop comment yesterday. Is he actually he actually thinks you're going to see more of this model adopted by more grocers over the next few weeks because like to Carter's point, it makes the experience better for the customers and the employees. And then operationally, it gives people a little more slack in the process to be able to do what they need to get done. Carter, I'm curious because you've been talking about this for a long time in terms of like Target and its drive up service. Like, has this just become the go-to way for you to shop and has the last few weeks just made this even more so where the store is essentially just acting as a massive vending machine for you? Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, uh, the drive up has always been at least the last you know year or two, just kind of the go-to, like, I don't really care to spend any time in the store. It's inefficient. I got to push a cart around to pick up things that I don't really have an opinion on. I can have someone else do that or a machine do that as we've seen. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that any drive, um, or any, any pleasure that came from going into the store. Like, again, my wife loved to go to Target, loved to walk around. They love, you know, she loved just, you know, the experience that they have been able to create in a lot of their stores. Well, that's out the window now. Like, you know, that's not even a part of the consideration set anymore. And so like, wh why would you, why would you choose to go in there? And from, and this excites me a lot. And I, I love that we're talking about this story. Um, but taking the customer yeah. out of the equation inside is a no brainer in my opinion. Um, they, you know, it's at the end of the day, they're, you know, not only full of 
germs, but like right. they get in the way. Everyone's trying to pick stuff. Like imagine the efficiencies that the store is able to put into place, knowing it's just their own employees cruising up and down the aisles, picking things. I mean, even if you were trying to do this overnight and be a little bit more gorilla about it, like imagine how great it would be just to have, you have one employee per aisle or two employees per aisle and you're just running whatever you need. You know, there's ways that they could do this. Now I wanted though to bring up a third point about the technology though. Kroger, you know, obviously had the technology to make this happen in a way they could turn that on within the app as we talked about. Um, not everyone has that technology. If I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, the Lunds down the road here or whatever, you know, it's like, how great would it be if they shut down at noon and all they did was grocery pickup and it was just one big line you get in and, and you know, you just cruise through and take it. Well, the technology side of things there is a little more difficult, right? How are you tracking orders? How are you placing them? How are you keeping inventory? Um, that infrastructure is, I think, a little bit more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that all of a sudden now you see companies um, leaning on really what they've been working on for the last couple of years as a vital part of staying alive um, in, in the world today. Um, so, so yeah, I, I love this story. Yeah, I, you, those are great points. And like Tamma's point too, I think, you know, operationally too, like how do you fit all the cars and that kind of thing. But the parts that you brought up there too, this, God, this is why I love doing this show. And I actually feel a, a, a very passionate piece that I may need to write here very soon, just, just even on the behalf of the employees in those stores. Like the point you just made is you also saw this week that now people are starting to institute temperature checks before shifts, right? And so if you can keep a good rein on who's sick, who's not sick as they're coming into that store to work, and that's going to be an important part of this. We're going to get to this later too, I think. But now you don't have to have as much focus or spend as much time on cleaning that store every day because you don't have customers in there every day. So you can just focus on getting people the food that they need as quickly and as fast and as efficiently as possible, Carter. Yeah. Had you not sent that, I don't think my head would have gotten there, man. So kudos to you on that. That's, that's awesome. All right. Let's do number three. Cause I think this next story, these things all kind of flow together. That was not intended, but as I'm seeing this, they all really kind of do. Uh, Emma, you want to, hit this one up. This one's kind of off the beaten path. This is kind of the signature one that we'd like to bring you at Amita. All right. So different U.S. grocers are adding plexiglass sneeze guards to protect cashiers from the coronavirus. So grocers such as Kroger, Walmart, Albertsons, and others are installing plexiglass plexiglass partitions at checkout counters to protect cashiers from the highly contagious coronavirus. Kroger, the largest U.S. supermarket chain, is installing the partitions at all cash registers, pharmacy counters, and Starbucks kiosks. So out here in New York, where, you know, we're not doing so hot in terms of this pandemic, these plexiglass barriers are up everywhere. I mean, they're at the pharmacy, they're at the liquor store. People are like making makeshift ones and whatnot. And I think, I mean, it makes sense to put them up because you have to protect your employees in any way you can, but it's also just really sad that these people can't get like the personal protective equipment that they need to stay safe when you are working in an essential service. Yeah, I know when Emma and I talked, she's like, why are we doing this story? And I, I, I really want to do, I was passionate about doing this story because I really want to hear what people think, especially given what Emma just said, like, and, and where's your head on this? Like, does this, here's, here's the provocative question. Does this stuff matter? Or is, you know, is this kind of stuff a waste of time and we should be spending more time thinking about things that are along the lines of, you know, what we just talked about? So I did a little back of the napkin math here. I'm going to play, I want to play devil's advocate on behalf of the grocers around the country right now, because you and I talked a little bit about this. Do I think this is like 
really going to make a difference? Do I think that it's the right way to go? Would I be investing as much money as I'm about to tell you in plexiglass as I would be in implementing a full-on micro-fulfillment warehouse in my grocery store? No, but here's what I think the logic is for the grocers. So if you do, like Emma said, you got people in the, in the neighborhood liquor store that are making their own plexiglass. You can order these. I did some research about how much about each one of these is, right? So you think Home Depot right now, you can get a 30 inch by 30 inch piece of plexiglass for about 60 bucks. Put in about $60 worth of labor to install each one of those at each cash register. You got about 10 lanes at a grocery store. So you're looking at about $600 plus $600 of labor. So $1,200 to put plexiglass, just plexiglass into your stores. Do it yourself plexiglass. Do it, do it yourself plexiglass. There are lots of options at, you know, the number 2,800 stores like a Kroger has, you know, you're looking at spending about $3.3 million to get all your stores so that all the lanes have plexiglass. For the peace of mind of every one of your customers and every one of your workers to feel like, okay, maybe I have got a second line of defense. If I don't have a mask on, I've got gloves on, but you know, this is an extra barrier that physically makes me feel like I might be safer shopping in the store or working in the store. It's worth a $3.3 million investment. Got it. So you're going for the, you're going for the placebo effect. Do you think the placebo effects? hundred percent. Yeah. I can 100%. see that. Decals Carter shaking on the, his head. Decals on the floor. Like, yeah. It's a minimal investment. It requires no technology rollout. It requires no nothing else. You could get a neighbor, the neighborhood handyman to come in and install these in your regional grocery store if you needed to. And just like that, you may have a reason to get somebody to shop your store before another store because of these plexiglass things okay. or to get your staff to show up to work, which is another thing that we'll talk about later. So yeah, it's that's a, it's a that, Bilge pump, lots of analogies we could use here. Carter so was shaking his head though, pretty vociferously in favor of that argument. Carter, yeah, think about you know the, the think about the decision. Everyone's got time on their hands, and the really the the weight on the customer's shoulders is safety right now. It's mm-hmm. not convenience. It's not how close the store is. It's not the price of soup, right? It's it's safety. And mm-hmm. if I can choose between a store that has what Ann just described installed, or a store where I don't know if it what's going to happen at the checkout. I'm for sure going to go to that store. And the cost difference that I'm going to probably pay just for that piece of comfort is pretty immense. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, you're, this is your, it's, it's a no brainer. Yeah. I, I agree with you guys too. I think as, as provocative as trying to be with the question, I think it's something you have to do given the situation. I think what, here's what, here's my other take on it though. It, it, it kind of makes me mad. It kind of makes me mad at, that we're at this point because there are better options. We just talked about going pickup only. So like, where was the investment in trying to understand what that looks like over the past, you know, three to five years. And then also like, we've talked about this a lot on the show. What about scan and go, right? What about getting the employees just the hell out of the store, maybe having one or two at the entrance and exit. And that's it. And that's the only put of contact. And you can still put them behind a plexiglass box too, but just let the people go into the store, get what they need with that technology as Carter, you talked about technology, that that's not expensive to roll out. Like you can do that development pretty quickly, pretty easily, pretty cheaply, and it could be happening. And yet everyone has dragged their foot on it with the exception of a few companies. And now's the time when you need that most. So I just, it just brings back to me, like why we do this job, which is to talk about the things that matter and try to get, you know, everyone out on the front, end, front edge 
of where innovation matters because it matters not just in the places that are right in front of you, but sometimes it matters around those corners that you can't see. All right, diatribe over. Carter, let's take it in a new direction. Let's talk about convenience. Have you guys heard of GoPuff by chance? So oh, yes. <laughs> go, go. Uh, so Emma Not has- to be confused in, with the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Yes, uh, Emma, this makes sense because GoPuff is secretly a billion dollar delivery app that's best known for bringing beer and snacks to college students across the US. So um, it is actually transformed, it's pivoted to now deliver groceries to busy doctors and nurses who are battling on the very front lines of this virus. So uh, the new initiative by GoPuff gets essential items like milk, eggs, bread, frozen food, as well as like cleaning supplies and things that you won't even think of, um, ultimately to the frontline healthcare workers. The company plans to extend a bunch of uh, credits. So it's a $25 delivery credit to the first 40,000 employees that jump into this new program. And it's also waiving a bunch of fees for the first couple of orders for these individuals as well. So um, my, and this came directly from Forbes. So my, my opinion, on this is obviously it's amazing. Um, I think the bigger takeaway is we're starting to see that there, it's not necessarily a niche market. There are hundreds of thousands of workers who are in a new world now. And I think, you know, us for, I mean, I can't speak for everyone on the call, but like for myself, like it's hard for myself to put myself in those shoes. I don't have someone in my direct family who's a healthcare worker. I don't understand, but life has changed for a huge portion of the population. And we're going to see technology like this, and, and maybe it's already existing, but change to try to service these new needs and, and these needs that are temporary, or we hope they're temporary, but they're going to be here for at least a month or two and they're real, real needs. And I think uh, this is just the start of a kind of wave of technology to try to support uh, this, this group of amazing people. And what do you think? I agree. I think helping the, uh, the, the healthcare workers and essential workers have access to these services is a really smart play by the GoPuff guys. Um, we're seeing 7-Eleven also do this. They are offering this uh, delivery function to anyone who has the 7-Eleven app. And what I think this starts to bring up, especially as the GoPuff and 7-Eleven markets get more into the grocery items and more beyond the, just the convenience store items, is this bigger question of what is the convenience store anymore and mm-hmm. where is that going? And as you start to implement um, deliveries for these kinds of things, I think, you know, GoPuff is in 170 cities. They're doing 30 minute deliveries in all of those cities. And that's nothing to look down on. Like, and, and again, as they start to expand their assortment, they start to use technology to better define what kind of assorted products they need to have in uh, different demographics to support that 30 minute delivery. You know, they're, they're all in a warehouse. They're not dependent on, on a grocery store and on doing delivery. So they're already set up as these, these like miniature fulfillment centers all around the country in these 170 cities. And so, um, yeah, I think that we're going to see a whole lot more and, you know, they're, they just got that $750 million investment from SoftBank last year. Like they've got the cash, they've got the, the infrastructure set up. And this test that they're doing with healthcare workers is just a a fraction of what I think we're going to see from them um, in the coming year. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's also, I think it's a shrewd business move too. You you mentioned 7-Eleven. DoorDash is now signing up all the convenience retailers. I think it's, it's, it's shrewd on a couple fronts. Like it's shrewd from a marketing standpoint because you know, like you said, the healthcare workers, they don't have probably have time to do this and they need somebody to go out and, you know, help them with this. And then the other aspect, you need customers as a GoPuff or as a DoorDash because you're in the delivery business. So you need scale. And 
the beauty of these customers, they're also all in one location. So it's not like you're delivering to like, you know, sure. hundreds of houses, you're delivering to one hospital on a frequent rotating basis. So it's actually really brilliant if you can get the customer acquisition this way, because it probably helps you defray a lot of costs and get some scale in your business. But all right, well, let's finish it out. Story number five here. I imagine we'll spend a good bit of time here and get everyone's opinions on this one. But Anne, take it home. Yeah. You know, I think one key note here is that we're talking about some other essential workers here. The medical professionals are definitely, um, you know, one of the most important uh, groups of people that we have working during this time. But I think um, as we're seeing and as the story will uh, allude to that the the grocery store workers, the delivery workers are also frontline essential employees right now. Um, and there are strikes coming from Instacart from uh, Amazon this week, from Whole Foods. Um, on Monday, a contingent of workers who uh, fill orders for for Instacart, about 200,000 of them stayed off the job. Um, we had a few Whole Foods, so, uh, sections of Whole Foods employees who uh, decided not to come to work. They did a sick out on Tuesday. Um, lots of people in these roles who are uh, concerned about their health and safety. They're asking for more pay because they are considered frontline workers right now. Um, and they are also act, asking for paid leave and access to protection while they're trying to do their job. So this is a big headline this week. Uh, lots to talk about. Um, it's hard not to feel passionate about this topic. Um, so curious to your guys' thoughts on, on the matter. Carter, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. I, I, I think that I talk about it being the backbone, right? And I think that you look to the three um, companies who are known as kind of the backbone and, and really kind of getting families and getting the population through this time without a ton of actual personal you know, issue, right? We're not, we are so grateful and so lucky to not have to worry about having food, right? It's pretty amazing to think that. And the people who are making that happen are the people who are, are here. Um, I think you're seeing people like Target, you know, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, you know, there is a bump in pay, um, whether it's right or enough. I, you know, I can't, I don't know. Um, yeah, you know, and I think that you're, you're, you're going to, I think they're going to need to do this to ensure that, everything is right for the short term right now. You know, as everyone's trying to figure it out, you're relying on this workforce more than ever. And I think you need to make sure that they're taken care of. Now, it's not as easy, right, as just saying it. And I think, you know, bump and pay is one thing, but, um, you know, trying to find little innovative solutions, whether it's plexiglass or don't having customers sign, but just being on your employee's side to figure out what could we sacrifice a little bit to just make sure that everyone's just a little safer. Like how can we work with our teams to figure out what they need and do our best to get it? And I think that open line of communication, um, again, I love the, who don't, don't have them touch your phone. Don't sign. Like if, if we lose a hundred dollars worth of groceries, who cares? Like, you know, and I think it's those types of sacrifices that obviously aren't necessarily enough in themselves, but it's that type of work and that type of thought, um, that I think we need to see more of. Yeah. Emma, the intern, I'm curious, like you're out in New York, you were kind of, you know, near the epicenter of uh, what's been happening with Amazon and some of their fulfillment centers. What's the noise like out there around this? The news is definitely very heavily covering all of this. And they're focusing more so on the healthcare workers who are not getting the protective equipment that they need, Mm -hmm. but also these grocery delivery people, especially in New York City, where it's just so condensed. I think they have every right to be demanding protective equipment. And then the people delivering the groceries, they have to go home to their families. They're risking exposing their families to the disease. And 
I think the story with the Amazon was that someone in that Amazon warehouse had tested positive for COVID-19, which if you're one of those other employees in there, you should be like, there's no wonder that you're scared and Mm -hmm. thinking we should all really go home and quarantine Mm -hmm. now, but you can't. So yeah, it's definitely, it's it's crazy. Yeah. It's interesting. I think the other thing too, and I think also also came out today too. I think there's now being, there's more of a, of a push to make some like the Instacart type employees, actual employees too, right. instead of contractors to help to give them even more protection. Yeah. I mean, this store, I, Jeremy Naren, you mentioned Jeremy Naren, the CEO of Grocery Key. He, you know, he brought up some interesting points yesterday too in the, in the, in the webinar we did, but you know, the one thing he said is labor's labor's the biggest issue right now. Right. You know, it's finding the people to do the work. And, and I put a poll, I, I think I shared one of the stories uh, from the top talk this week where I said, you know, Crisis situations are oftentimes where improbable events all happen at the same time. And, you know, what you're seeing here that, that has me watching it really closely is you have, okay, warehouses, you know, we're starting to see the virus get into those operating systems, right, so to speak. And so, you know, everyone's rightly concerned, but then, you know, how do they function? Can they still function? Delivery drivers, you're starting to see that concern pop. The third, the third place that really impacts our supply chain and why we started there in the beginning is, okay, how can the grocery stores actually still operate and function? Because at what point does it start to move into there? So all three of those things shutting down, while potentially improbable, had you asked us a month ago, I don't know how probable that is right now. And so I think, you know, as I get on my soapbox here to close it up, I think that's important. And we've talked about Walmart taking a position in the community. I would say now's the time for the local grocers to do that same thing and make sure they are in front of this on the labor side and on the transparency side and the communication side. Like, what would I do? I would change my website. Like, that's the first thing I would do. I would change my website and make it almost like news oriented. Here are the stores that are open today. Here's our delivery times. Here's our wait times. Here's the products we have. Here's the products we don't have. Let's be really transparent of all that. Let's talk about how you're protecting the workers, whether it's plexiglass or anything. All that stuff matters. And I think too, partner with the local newscast, give an update every single night, just like you do a traffic report, partner with them on what they're doing with their Twitter handles, their Facebook handles, anything on social media, all that can matter. And the grocers specifically, I think are the most important link in this chain to make sure those stores are still functioning in that way. So if anyone is out there listening, please, please share this. I will do my best to do it too. I'll do my best to write about it. I think we all will, but I think that story is I think I, I just think that approach is going to be so important right now. And I like that the passion's coming back out. Guys, any concluding thoughts? Well, the only thing I would add is that, you know, if if grocers don't start doing this, if they if we aren't starting to take care of these employees and they either get sick or they don't start showing up, then I don't think grocers are gonna have a choice whether or not they're going to be moving to uh, just a pickup only store or, you know, it's going to have to be whatever you can do to still get products to people. And, you know, the other part of this is that the ability for us to still be able to get food, the conveniences that we've all come to know and love and appreciate so much of being able to order something and have it delivered, even now when you're waiting up to a week to be able to pick up groceries from your grocery store, but they're pre-packed and ordered for you. Those conveniences are something that um, I think retains some normalcy around what's going on in the world right now. And as soon as that starts to go away, as soon as the yeah. grocery stores, stores start to become more scarce and that stuff gets out of order, like that's where I think the the like scary thing about this really starts to come out too, is that 
people then start to turn into different people. And, um, and like you said, Chris, like grocers are a huge heart of this all staying okay and things staying in, um, positive or on the positive yeah. side. I think. And let's hope it doesn't happen. And the way it doesn't happen is we get the hell in front of it. And I think that's a great point to close it up. Let's not stop. Let's keep getting in front of it. Let's not be reactive. Let's start getting in front of the solution. So, all right, well, that closes us up. That was an awesome discussion. Really loved how all of that flowed together. A um, couple of housekeeping notes. Uh, there's a, I put a post on Forbes this week uh, called The Five Ways Retail Has Forever Been Changed by the Coronavirus. It's already pushing 5,000 views. So if you haven't had a chance to check that out, please do so. Please remember, especially right now, uh, leave us a review, like our podcast, uh, tell your friends to subscribe. Every difference does make a difference. And most of all, have a ton of fun this weekend. Try to be with your families. Try to be with those close to you. I'm curious for those, for my compatriots here, I'm Netflix binging. You guys doing that this weekend? And if so, what the hell are you watching? Well, and Tiger, you're watching something I can Tiger tell. King's over. So uh, You watch Tiger King? Oh, God, of course I I haven't heard about this. Oh, my God. Okay, we need to talk. Oh, yeah. I loved every minute of it. Actually, um, we've been going back through our because our kids are at home with us. We've been going back through like our list of our top uh, childhood through high school movies. So last weekend, we watched Can't Hardly Wait with our nine year old. Uh, So good. Pretty in pink also. And the kid like Mm. nine year old, they they can dig that. Like the storyline travels well and can't hardly wait that soundtrack. My God blasted it for like the rest of the weekend. So we'll probably be catching up on old movies. Can't hardly wait is so good. Yo, inside joke. Emma, what about you? What are you Netflix binging? I'm actually a Hulu person, but But season 14 of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is available on Hulu, and I have not watched it, and it's my favorite um, sitcom, so I will be watching that. Seems appropriate for Jersey. I like that. What about you, Carter? What are you finishing up this weekend? The Dark World of the Ozarks. Ooh, good one, good one. That's a good show. You're up to your weight. You're going to hit season three here? Yes, the the new one. And I'm just not a big TV or movie guy, as you all know, so I think um, hopefully this weekend we'll have some time. I was going to try to hit that one too. I just, I just finished up last week, uh, McMillions. So if anyone's listening, that's a good one. The whole also McDonald's fraud scam, that one will blow your mind for a good five or six hours. But anyway, all right, well, that wraps us up. Thanks so well, much. What are you sp- watching? You can't even, you can't finish this without telling oh, uh, No, I just, I said, oh, I, I alluded to it. Maybe I wasn't clear, but I'm going to try to hit Ozarks too. That's okay. Like, and maybe Tiger King too, because everyone's watching it. Mrs. Omnitalk keeps asking me to watch that. I just don't know if I can do it, but I'll give it a shot. But it sounds like you like it. It'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. it. Yeah, it seems like everyone in America has seen it for me. But anyway, that closes us up on behalf of Anne, on behalf of Emma the intern, and Carter. I say it every week. Again, we'll say it again. We'll say it again. It's never more important. You be careful out there.